your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Monday, November 15th edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. You can follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore F. L.A. Panthers, and thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. You can also follow the national show Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So Florida Panther fans, tough week. Let, let's uh, not sugarcoat things here. Um, the Florida Panthers done with their four game road trip up the northeast and back to florida oh two and two and they get a little bit of a two-day break uh here in between the this trip and their next home game but for this show this is a kind of a breakdown of saturday's game but also kind of a state of the cats type of podcast due to the recent skid that they're on and here to break this down is a familiar voice and a familiar writer in the Florida Panthers space. He is from Florida hockey. Now from the big cat banter uh, podcast, he is Kobe guy. Kobe, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you feeling, man? I'm doing well, despite the Florida Panthers going Oh, two and two, uh, my Florida state Seminoles did, uh, win uh this weekend i know a lot of uh my listeners are uh, hurricanes fans so apologies uh, to the people uh listening but hey i'm 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 doing well regardless um just got back from uh tampa where uh not only did i cover the the game in person in the press box but i was able to kill two birds with one stone uh refereeing um a a tournament over there so got to kill two birds with one stone there for sure yeah and uh for me I mean, my uh, college football teams went 0 for 2. Uh, Sooners kind of killed their college football playoff hopes with a loss to Baylor there. And then I don't even want to talk about what I just witnessed with Florida Atlantic. That was the weirdest game I've ever seen. And I also had to cover that game. So that was some strange concoction of events there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this uh, episode, in this podcast episode specifically for the people uh listening um this is a shulable crossover here where uh kobe is the a senior at fau and i'm an fiu alum so we have uh that kind of crossover here so kobe let's uh let's get right into it man um florida they're coming off a 3-2 overtime loss against the tampa bay lightning they struggled got getting out of the gate in, in this one um mostly Mostly this uh, game was getting jump-started due to basically some line changes. Um, You wrote an article uh, this morning about the recent line changes 
with the Florida Panthers. We were noticing them right away. And I believe it was the very first shift or the second shift that Andrew Burnett put shifted the lines that there was a goal by Jonathan Huberto after Barkoff collided with Jan Ruda and Bellamar near the boards. Um, and it sparked right away. And that was really what got this uh, team going. What, what are your thoughts on, um, on this game and the line changes based on uh, what Andrew Burnett did? I mean, the one thing that definitely is evident to me from all of this is that the Panthers now have the depth to be able to put Barkov and Huberto on that same line. And when we saw them put on together on that same line, you saw the playmaking there. You saw the ability to score there. And with players like Barkov, Huberto, and Duclair on the same line, a lot of people forget that Duclair is also a very quality player who is able to make plays and shoot the puck and whatever. And he's also a very fast player. I think that's a very dangerous line there. And you saw Huberto be able to take the puck off of Barkov after he got hit and make those amazing moves to get the puck off and shoot that in that situation. I think that line looked beautiful. And just another underrated thing about these lines too, and something that I'd want to watch develop if these lines are staying together is Lundell and Tippett. I think they make a very good combination. I talked about this in the article a little bit where they're both just very smart hockey players with Lundell being a very good defensive player. He's, he's responsible in the defensive zone and he's able to make those breakout passes and he knows, he knows where the defense is going and he's that smart of a player. And then you got Owen Tippett who really knows where to be and knows the right places to shoot from. So you get that playmaking prowess from Lundell with Tippett on that line. I think that third line honestly looks like a very good line. Yeah. And Lundell has impressed his hockey IQ is so great. And there was this, there, there was this one point that stuck out to me in, in, in the game that around the six minute mark, well, like with six about six minutes left in the third there was about a three-ish minute um zone time for the florida panthers around there i think it was around three minutes where the florida panthers were just attacking in their offensive zone of course they didn't score in that one but a lot of that a lot of what kept um the florida panthers in that in the offensive zone was also lundell's ability to win a board battle uh near the end boards and that kept the momentum going for the panthers and you talk about Tippett as well, a guy who's a, been a little bit quiet in recent weeks. He did score in the second game of the road trip against the New Jersey Devils, like found right in front of him. He was on a three-game point streak up until the Pittsburgh game. He was on a three-game point streak. He had a point in the Rangers game, and he had a point in the Devils game. And then he had a point in the last game before the road trip. So he was on a three-game point streak. That was his second three-game point streak of the season. So he's been a guy that's been flying under the radar, honestly. And I've seen a lot of people on Panthers Twitter say like some terrible things about Tippett, saying that they, they, they want to trade him and whatever. But he's quietly had a good season. I think it's just because how many players on the Panthers have had a good season that he's he's been flying under the radar. But mm. he's been having a good season. And even during yesterday's game on that second goal, 
he was the guy that made the play to kind of start things for that goal. I mean, it the goal was Luos Dorinen from Ekblad and Lomberg, but it was Tippett who kind of kept the puck in the zone, made the play over to Lomberg to start that uh, to start the play to make the goal. So even he did, even if he didn't get a point there, Owen Tippett was still very important in tying that game up. That's right. Uh, and he was uh, checked by one of the best defensemen in the league on that one, Victor Hedman. Um, and he went all the way to the end boards to, to, to still uh, retrieve that puck and, and definitely created uh, an opportunity for uh, that play on the E2 goal. E2 Lusterainen's an, another one um, that has been fairly impressive. A, a guy who didn't see rarely any action in the second half of the season is now now has uh, five goals now on the season that that is another player that I'm really really impressed with um and there there's a few uh players that are still hurt that are going to be coming back uh Joe Thornton's on IR right now but um but also Noel Chari is on IR so what with Itulus Dorinen uh get it um scoring it's going to be a hard time for Andrew Burnett to get this guy out of the lineup. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Thornton, I think he is close to being activated off of IR. He did participate in morning skate on uh, Saturday. So, I mean, that's something to watch. Maybe he's a guy that can be inserted on the wing with Marchment out. He's another guy who's on IR right now, but Honestly, Luis Dorinan just looks very matured in pretty much every area of the game. He's a physical guy. He can screen the goaltender, get goals that way. He has a sneaky good shot as well. But the thing I'm most impressed with is just the fact that he's a very responsible player defensively. He's a guy that the Panthers have been using on the penalty kill. So coupled with those two, two things, I think he's made himself a very effective player in a lot of different aspects of the game. and. I think maybe if Tari comes back and assumes the 4C role, maybe he's a guy that can fight Vitrano out of the lineup and he can get like a, lot, a spot on the third line. But at the moment, he's he's guy that's relied on for that fourth line role as a centerman, and he wins faceoffs. He can get physical. He, he plays his role really well, and it's really showed this season. Absolutely. And Saturday's game was just also – just two goalies just just playing uh their their a game too especially in that overtime period if nobody watched this if if you if i didn't watch this game and i saw the save percentage of bob saying i i believe it was 875 on saturday people might say that sergey bobrovsky had a bad game but what what we witnessed on saturday especially in overtime seeing two major saves to save the game at the time uh, until Braden point came off the bench, had that breakaway against Bobrovsky, which we've seen before. We saw that in game one of the playoffs last year where he went five Braden point went five hole in game one of the playoffs. This one, he went uh, um, backhand and the, the, on that, on that shot by Ekblad, it, it, I asked myself, is there anything else that Ekblad could have done to try to get that past the net of Vasilevsky? Yeah, I mean, Vasilevsky just made the biggest save. And I mean, maybe you got to get a little bit more air on that one. But I think Vasilevsky just came up with one of the biggest saves I've seen all season. And I mean, he's one of the best goalies in the league. 
And he is for a reason. He, he has that big body. He's very mobile and he's able to get to these pucks with the size he has to make those big saves. So with all those attributes on him, of course, he's going to be one of the better goaltenders in the league. And I think Bobrovsky played him toe to toe very well. And he made some pretty good big saves as well. I mean, you, you can't take single game save percentage too hard too much. It just depends on the context of the goals being scored and um, what else happens. I, I don't think I could blame too many of the go- those goals on Bobrovsky. Like one of them was a, a goal that was scored in front. The other one was a, a weird deflection where he wasn't he wasn't ready for it, but it was just a bounce that went Tampa's way where, I mean, you can't necessarily blame him for not being ready for that one. So, I mean, from the goals that I've seen from that game, I don't think any of those were Bobrovsky's fault. I think he played a very fine game and he went toe to toe with Vasilevsky. And I mean, the one person I think should be happy if they were watching that is the, the coach of Russia's Olympic team. Because he's like, those are my two goaltenders right there. With all due respect to the the three guys in New York who are also very good, but if you're the coach of Russia's Olympic team right there, you're like, man, we have some good goaltending. <laughs> you got choices, that's for sure. That yeah. you got a lot of choices. And hey, goal sometimes goaltending uh, wins champ um, championships, and it could win Olympic gold medals for the um, Russian Olympic Committee, as I assume that that's what they'll be continued to be called in uh the next olympics that's for sure but we're going to transition into the next segment to uh talk about uh more of this game and more of the pre- previous road trip for the florida panthers so keep it right here on locked on panthers your first listen of the day does this sound familiar you got one device that lets you catch all the games live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. All right, back here on the second segment of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I have Kobe Guy from Florida Hockey Now and the Big Cat Banter podcast. And Kobe, even even though the Florida Panthers uh, did go 0-2-2 in this road trip, they looked a lot better in the faceoff circle on uh, Saturday, which was something a little bit encouraging. Um, though faceoff percentage isn't the end-all be-all when it comes to winning hockey games, they, they are towards the bottom of the league, uh, though, in, in that cat- category. I think right now they're uh, number uh, 31. Um, in this road trip, they went 0 for 9 on the power play and on the penalty kill, they killed six of 10 um, penalties um, during this uh, four game road trip uh, along the Northeast and back to Florida. So 
as far as this O2 into uh, trip, are do you have really any concerns about this uh, Florida Panthers team as they are um, as they are coming back home um, starting on Tuesday? I'm not th- saying that the, it's the end of the world or anything like I've seen some people say, but I mean, the one thing that is very concerning is the power play and there are just some fundamental things with how this power play works that need to be changed. I mean, that first unit doesn't really have a true power play quarterback. And I think it could be solved by putting a guy like Anthony Duclair or Gustav Forsling there, a guy that has a knack for the playmaking ability and controlling play. I mean, a lot of these guys that they have on that top unit kind of drive drive play themselves. And when they move the puck, they move it very slowly so they really have to pick the pick up the pace on that power play. And it really showed they couldn't get anything going. A lot of their power plays didn't really have those high danger scoring chances that you'd like to see on the power play. So they, they just got caught being slow and the, the, the being slow makes it makes for turnovers or it makes for the goalie knowing exactly what's going on. So I think that number one concern is the power play there. And you have to figure out a way to speed it up a little bit. Yeah. And though I still agree with the decision to buy out Keith Yandel, I think that's a little bit of what Keith Yandel brought when he, he was here, he was able to redirect um, redirect um, pucks to one part and let, and work it around. That's, that's really what's going to confuse goalies is working around uh, and knowing that somebody's going to shift one way and then you just make a quick pass and boom, uh, someone's right in front of the net. So that's really, that's really what the Florida Panthers are lacking. And um, they, it could be a situation where they go five forwards or one defenseman and four forwards there. Um, maybe, maybe give Mackenzie Weger a shot as well at, as, as the quarterback too. Um, that maybe, maybe that's, that's one thing that, uh, definitely that they could, um, do, um, on the power play, but yeah. Um, but despite, despite, um, the 0 for 9, they're, they're still very middle of the pack. Um, they're um, in the, in the, in special teams in this one, I'm, I'm, I'm have it right here in front of me, power play, their 14th penalty kill their 18th, not the best, but still their um their even strength numbers a lot of the times make up for it but the the thing is how the thing is i want to ask you how how long can they rely on their even strength play to carry them to wins well even strength play is one of the most important things and i mean a lot of the times if you stay out of the box it's going to help you a lot but I think they have to look at the fundamental things on these power plays. And I think coming home, having a practice before you get to the homestand coming up, because I mean, from their time in New York, there wasn't any practice ice in New York. I mean, as someone who grew up there playing hockey, I know that all you can really get in New York is either upstate or on Long Island when it comes to getting ice, ice time. So when they were in New York, they couldn't get any ice time. And then they had games in quick succession after that. So they couldn't really get any ice time to get, get the power play going in practice or anything. So you get home, work on the power play during practice, try to figure out what kind of things you want to do, what kind of looks you want to have. And then you have more time to figure that out. I think that it, sh- it should be something that gets fixed fairly soon. 
And Andrew Burnett is a power play guy. And he, he, he was a guy that was a, very, a net front guy on a power play with Minnesota during his playing days. So I think he's a very smart guy. He knows what to do to fix the power play. And I think he just needs time to do so. And I, I think that there shouldn't be any panicking going on. And the Panthers do have the pieces to make it for a good power play. And there are a lot of talented offensive players that they can shuffle in and out. So eventually they'll have a good power play. And, and they're, they're bound to get hot at some point. And I mean, we've seen, we've seen what, what this team can do. And they're still, despite the skid, they're still second in the league in goals per game, regard power play and even strength combined They're their points percentage is still tops of the Atlantic. And as far as most of their losses recently, most of them have been out of division losses. They haven't been in division losses. So that's kind of the encouraging thing about it. And seeing where the Metropolitan Division is uh, currently standing, every single team is over 500 in points percentage. So everyone in the Metro is beating up on the teams outside of their division. So as of right now, it looks like to be five Metro teams, three Atlantic teams. So that Anything can change, of course. But I think that's just a, also a product of how good that division is. And the fact that they haven't dropped um, really many against um, Atlantic division teams. I mean, their loss to Boston um, was an overtime um, loss. So a point there. Tampa Bay a point there and they're still leading the three season series as well against the Tampa Bay lightning three points to two. So that's and another Boston. encouraging time and Boston three to two as well. They, they beat Detroit. Um, and they, that, I mean, they haven't had many uh, div- division matchups uh, against the others, but they're, they're gonna, they're gonna definitely get, get theirs for for sure. So it's not it's not a time to panic i know i know twitter can be a, a strange place to be after these losses but of course uh twitter is a cesspool of uh of opinions and also uh, a lot of overreactions as well yeah i mean i i know better than anybody from uh, the whole spaces thing i do after road games and uh it just gets progressively and progressively more depressing every time I went on there through the road trip. I'm like, they're still first in the league and everyone is just going nuts. I mean, it reminds me of how people felt after lightning fans would go crazy after a, um, a little skid. And people are like, you're still like pretty high up in the league and you just won the Stanley cup. What are you doing? So like, I think it's a very, I mean, I think it's normal to kind of get upset after that many losses in a row, but you also got to realize they're still first in the league. They're first in the division. They have a cushion over the Maple Leafs and they have a game in hand on the Maple Leafs too. It's not like they've played more than the Maple Leafs. They have a game in hand on Toronto. So it's very early in the season and there's time to learn from these losing skids, but it's certainly not a time to panic. I'm yeah. I mean, if they if they if they lose at least like maybe like three or four at home, which they have currently have um have a uh, four game homestand actually coming up before the Thanksgiving weekend. So that that is a perfect time uh for this team to get right on everything. And we'll we'll we'll, 
what we're going to do is we're going to transition to the third segment and talk a little bit about the upcoming matchup against the New York Islanders Tuesday at home at 7 p.m. So keep it right here on Locked On Panthers, your first listen of the day. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats, and plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar? It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bars is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace a coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar or go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some with your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 50% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% at Built. Dot com. All right, welcome back to the third segment of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I have Kobe Guy from Florida Hockey Now here uh, to discuss this upcoming matchup against the New York Islanders on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at FLA Live Arena, which for the listeners, uh, this will be an ESPN Plus exclusive. So uh, if you don't have uh, ESPN Plus, that will only be there and Hulu. Um, so Valley Sports will not be uh, broadcasting uh, this game. So for the listeners, um, Kobe is a uh, kind of a familiar uh, f- familiar with uh, the New York Islanders, as the Florida Panthers have already uh, faced them this season by a final score of five to one in the in the second game of the season. The New York Islanders are still on a thirteen game road trip to start the season as they're opening up their new arena, UBS Arena, out in uh, Belmont Park. So, as someone who's uh, familiar with this team, Simeon Varlamov is back. Uh, only has played one game. Uh, Ilya Sorokin has been between the pipes mostly, but uh, your thoughts on the opposition and how how they're starting the season is they're currently uh, last in the Metro. I mean, I think it comes with that 13-game road, road trip, but even during that, I think they've been a fairly good team. They've been competitive in most of their games. Other than that game against Florida, basically, in the last one they played against New Jersey where they dropped it for nothing. But a big part of their success has been Ilya Sorokin. I mean, he stepped up when Varlamov was injured, and it should be interesting to see which one of the two gets the start because the Islanders do have a back-to-back coming up with a uh, 7 o'clock game against Tampa Bay on Monday for any of you ESPN Plus subscribers who want to follow the opposition and tune into that game. And then you have um, the, they, they play the Panthers the day after they're coming from Tampa to play the Panthers. So it should be interesting to see how they respond there. But Sorokin's coming into this game with a 5-3-2 and record with a 9-3-3 save percentage and a 2-1-8 goals against average. Amazing. That's really good. Amazing. Really good. 
And then their goal scoring has been driven by Brock Nelson so far. He has seven goals in their 13 games. Oliver Wallstrom, who Panthers fans should be familiar with, he scored a power play goal in that second game against the Islanders. He's another guy who's really stepped up for them this season. I mean, he yeah, he looked good in the, his rookie year. He showed some promise. But this year, he looks like a legit goal scorer and someone that a lot of teams should be keying in on for sure. So I think there's a lot of depth in that Islanders lineup as well. The one thing that they they have had problems with is – their defense, which is surprising with a Barry Trotz team. But I think uh, losing Nick Letty has been a very big hole for them. And plugging it with Zidane Ochara was not the right idea. It kind of messed up their mojo with their pairings. And now they have him playing with Polak. And he he just doesn't look good this year from what I've watched of the Islanders. So, I mean, I think that's just the one thing you have to look at and look to exploit is that you need to have a fast line out there every time you have that Chisano Chara pairing out there. And, I mean, that's what Florida has. They have a lot of speed that up and down their lineup. So they do have the personnel to be able to, to take advantage of that. Yeah, and uh, during the offseason, I was just putting a little bit of ideas out there as, like, Okay, Zidane Ochara is 44 years old. It wouldn't be a bad idea for this locker room to pursue someone like Chara as a locker room presence, though he is older, a lot slower. And then after that second game, seeing that um, that seeing that uh, he was beat a lot um, in a minus four in, in that one, I was like, ooh, definitely, uh, definitely not. Uh, definitely looking back at it, I'm just like, okay. Maybe maybe on the ice part, ice part. But the, but as far as a locker room presence, uh, you can't go wrong uh, with someone like Zidane Char. And it, the Florida Panthers kind of have that situation with uh, Joe Thornton, um, forty-two uh, locker room presence. He's not going to play every game uh, for for the Panthers. So the Florida Panthers have uh, kind of uh, that person of their own, even though uh, Joe Thornton's uh, currently uh, not in the lineup. Uh, How's uh, Anders Lee been looking ever since he's returned? Uh, he didn't. Um, he wasn't able to play in the conference final uh, last year due to injury. But how's he looked? He's been looking good. He looks like himself. He gets into those dirty areas. He'll give you those goals from up front. He has a nice shot. He, he looks like himself, and he's skating around like himself after that torn ACL injury, where he missed the whole playoffs with that injury. I mean, I think the one concern with the Islanders is uh, Kyle Palmieri, though. He doesn't have a single goal so far this season. He hasn't looked like himself after signing that big contract. So I think the one thing you have to look at is if, whether or not Kyle Palmieri will finally catch fire and uh, get some goals in. But th- that's really the big concern there. But, I mean, Palmieri does have five assists on the season. He's tied for first on the team. But... He's a guy they brought in for goal scoring, and he hasn't really had that this season. So that, that's one area you really want to see improve if you're an Islanders fan. But, I mean, as far as just the entire team goes, it's just a very deep team offensively. And, I mean, you look at their top point scores: Brock Nelson has nine, and Matthew Barzell has seven, Anthony Bovillia has seven, and Josh Bailey has six, and there's a few guys with five points too. 
I mean, they played thir- they've played like 11 games so far. And I mean, it's been tough on them with the road trip. So, I mean, you, you can't expect them to get off to that hot of a start offensively, but they haven't been bad. Yeah. And Sorokin's second in the league in shutouts behind a uh, former Florida Panther, uh, Jacob Markstrom. Uh, we knew going into the season that the Islanders, their bread and butter is their defense. And just looking at the stats right now and goals uh, against uh, per game, they're seventh in the NHL in goals against. So that check, check that, check that box for uh, the Islanders goals for um, seeing that they're uh, 27. That's a continuing uh, uh, issue for the Islanders. And you talk about Kyle Palmieri, um, his uh, lack of scoring, even though he's known as a goal scorer, reunited with uh, Lou Lamorello, um, who many Panther fans were uh, debating uh, whether uh, he should have gotten uh, GM of the year over uh, Bill Zito. But that could be an argument uh, made for eight for hours, and both of them have uh, would have a case. So they they signed him to a four year, twenty million dollar contract, and not looking good so far. But Kyle Palmieri, he's he's known as a goal scorer, as you said. So um, maybe for, well, may, hopefully not against the Panthers, but maybe when they uh, uh, return home, their new home to UBS Arena, that's when they'll uh, definitely uh, get it going. And they, of course, I'm I'm assuming that during the trade deadline, if they're of course in their contention, they're gonna have to make a move for a score for sure. Yeah, and I mean, all right, one thing since we've said something about UBS Arena that I kind of want to go off topic with uh, when I go up there in April, um, they're opening a big chicken shack there. And one of the sandwiches they have there is with a bagel made by a local deli company, um, Blue Line Deli. But that sandwich looks incredibly good. It's like a buffalo chicken sandwich on a bagel with cream cheese so that's one thing islanders fans have to look forward to when that building opens is the uh big chicken shack but uh that's where i'm hoping to go when the uh the building opens but uh see what happens there (laughs) (laughs) i i mean arena food is always interesting wherever you go i mean the florida panthers this, this is something i haven't talked about on the show um the Florida Panthers have talked about uh, their cat's dog. Um, and of course, as a millennial, it reminds me of the show Cat Dog uh, from Nickelodeon. Um, so I, I, I've always wanted to, I, I always uh, think it's interesting, all the different food items. Of course, I want to try Dodger Dog uh, when I go uh, out west. The Seattle Manor, Mariners have those uh, grasshoppers out there in their stadium. I don't know if I would try those, but that would be uh, something cool to try. Like just, just to say that you've done it once. But uh, also, yeah, shout out to uh, the Panthers uh, hot dogs in there. Uh, Feltman's does a great job with them. I have to plug my friends over there at Feltman's. Great hot dogs. They sent me some for free. Oh, so nice. uh, the Panthers definitely have some good arena food, Hugh. And uh, Panthers fans listening, definitely grab a hot dog while you're at the arena. Absolutely. And and I, I've seen you. Uh, I've seen you uh, tweet Feltman's. I've seen I've seen. Um, Special shout out to uh, Hawk Sean Hawkins, uh, very uh, very known uh, person on Panthers Twitter who 
I, I believe he even dressed as a hot dog as uh, at a game once. So yeah. they sent him the hot dog suit and he wore it to a game. I remember we were joking around at Twitter spaces. He has to like crowd dive after the Panthers win the cup wearing that hot dog suit. I'm like, you, you have to do that. And I am so for it. <laughs> That's amazing. And you were talking about those bagels. Uh, there's something about New York bagels, uh, man. That's just something. Uh, my favorite, my favorite place. Uh, going more off, off topic is uh, there's this bagel place under Grand Central Station that I when I asked for cream cheese on my bagel, I never knew how much they stuffed it until until I tried one, and I didn't get a drink, which was a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as someone who grew up on Long Island, I grew up around some great bagels, and there are a lot of places you do that. You just got to have the drink prepped. But when, if you have the drink prepped, just get a nice cup of coffee or something, as I do. I mean, it's going to it's gonna make for a good breakfast. It's going to fill you up. It's, it tastes good. Get a good quality bagel out there. But uh, got to order a bacon, egg, and cheese, too, for sure. That's always the classic. Get a bacon, egg, and cheese. Classic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Quick, quick thoughts before uh, we get out of, we get out of here. Uh, the Barclays Center uh, experiment. I never asked you about that. What, what were your, what are your, what were your thoughts about that awful experiment? Oh, I am passionate about this one because I mean, I've had to make the trip on those trains over to Barclays Center. I mean, uh, transportation wise, it is pretty convenient. There's a train that takes you right to, the um the stadium but like tailgating is always a big thing for islanders fans and that's i was an islander fan growing up so of course i know that experience and there's nowhere for that so that was a start and then you get in the arena and there's a lot of terrible sight lines in there that place is just not built for hockey so uh i'm just gonna say that um islanders fans definitely happy about getting that new building i mean Going back to the Coliseum and the renovated Coliseum, that was a much better experience than being at the Barclays Center, despite the very narrow hallways in the Coliseum and getting to the bathroom was just a nightmare in that place. I mean, it's it was still a much better experience in the Coliseum, <laughs> or a much better a much better experience than Barclays. Yeah, and the scoreboard wasn't lined up to center ice, which was strange. So. Yeah, I have OCD, so I was going bananas over that. Yeah, I'm the same way. So I, I and got I mean, if they originally built it for for it, then we'd still be talking about the Islanders in Brooklyn. But yeah, the fact that they get one, especially near Belmont Park, where that's of course the Islanders are likely going to be on the road when the Belmont Stakes uh, is there. I believe it's in May or something. Oh, actually, that'll be during the playoffs. So that'll be some strange scheduling uh, there when the Belmont Stakes uh, goes on. So that'll be they'll. I wonder how I want. Well, they they got to They got to get to that part first, and then you and I will definitely talk. It's like what's gonna what's scheduling gonna be like. <laughs> so I mean, maybe they'll, they'll make it so where you can get to the horse race, watch the horse race, and then walk across the street over to um, UBS Arena and catch a playoff game. Sounds like a good day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the race starts at six. I mean, make it like an eight thirty game. I don't know, something like that. So mm-hmm. that, that'll be that'll be fun. So, <laughs> but Kobe, thank you so much for coming on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, definitely love what you do. 
um love your work and all that stuff uh very knowledgeable uh um resource as well for uh the florida panthers your podcast with uh my fellow friend uh joey ganzi and uh for for the people listening uh plug your stuff man yeah definitely uh thank you for so much for having me on there uh just follow me on Twitter at Colby D guy. Um, you can follow Florida hockey now on Twitter at FLA hockey now. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys uh, around. Uh, I, I usually uh, respond on Twitter. So if you have any questions, I usually respond and uh, yeah, have a good one guys. And one more thing, subscribe to Florida hockey now, please. Because, and if you can't afford Florida hockey now, and you go out there and buy Starbucks or Dunkin', maybe for a whole month or two, make your coffee at home and say, put a little bit of pennies together each and every week. Um, and, and, and then with all that money you save, pay for Florida Hockey Now for a full year subscription. Or if you want to pay monthly, it's not that expensive. So definitely subscribe because definitely uh, Kobe and George Richards uh, put on some great work uh, over there at Florida Hockey Now. So thank you once again, Kobe, for jumping on. Thank you as well. And I mean, one more thing to our coffee drinkers there. I have a Keurig at home, got it off of uh, Facebook Marketplace, and that has saved me so much money. So if you want to take my advice and uh, thank me by subscribing to Florida Hockey Now, I would appreciate that. (laughs) Absolutely. So. There's your coffee advice uh, to to get some Florida hockey now uh, in your uh, in definitely in your space for so thank you once again Kobe. Thank you. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL Show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets. Your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. So follow the Locked On Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.